Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and for this episode on Psalm 32, I'm glad to welcome back friend of the podcast, Reverend Q Han. As we explore Psalm 32, we reflect on the burden that sin is on the psalmist and on us. We also talk about the ways that God is the forgiver and the remarkable grace that this psalm of confession holds. And finally, we reflect a little bit about how this psalm helps us be honest about ourselves. I enjoyed this conversation with Q, as I always enjoy any conversation with him, and I hope you do too. To get us started, here's Q reading Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely, the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and brittle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. Q, welcome back to Curious Psalms. Good to be back, Matt. Thanks for having me. Not to timestamp this podcast too badly, but we are both coming off our NBA teams respectively losing last week. And so maybe it's appropriate that we today are looking at what's called a penitential psalm. Maybe there's something we did, and there's repentance in order. <laughs> I was so deep in my grieving process that I didn't even, you know, was it was not able to see that kind of connection. But hey, I see it very crystal clear right now. And now this Psalm 32 has a very special meaning to me, a personal meaning. I for say. day, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped, as in the heat of summer. Now, this is why we turn to Psalms, right? <laughs> Yeah, it reads taken us. way out of context, maybe inappropriately <laughs> applied. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate you being willing to have a conversation about Psalm 32. Uh, shall we dive in? Let's dive in straight, straight in. All right, I'm holding the reins of the host role very tightly in this episode with UQ, <laughs> so I'm going to ask the questions here. Yep, yep, I like first, it. First question is this, you know what it is, but what stood out to you in reading this psalm? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, a few things that's, that stand out, a lot going on for sure. But I think especially verse 3 stood out to me mm. the most. 
the psalmist says, I kept silent and referring to his sins. And he felt as if, you know, as his sins kind of, the, you know, I think he's getting to the, the weightiness, the heaviness of sins. And it just strikes me that he, he feels as if his bones are wasting away by the weight and the heaviness of sin. And then later he kind of talks about the guilt, right? That God takes away the guilt. So what stood out to me the most is this kind of reality that we all experience as humans, that it is really heavy and weighty for us to carry sin with us because often it's well, associated yeah. with, you know, experience of guilt and shame. And just the fact that this psalmist notices that and puts it this way, I think is something that I can very strongly resonate with. And he's basically yeah. saying, like, it's it's kind of killing me, the sin, the weight and the heaviness mm. of sin is really like, it's damaging me in very, very powerful way, right? So just to kind of notice that was a powerful thing. Yeah, I appreciate that, Q. We talk a lot, and I think appropriately, about the burdens we carry, mm. you know, the weightiness of our stories and the pain we experience. But Psalm 32 really helps us also acknowledge that one of the burdens we carry is uh, self-inflicted right it is yeah. our sin uh -huh. right the inner voices <laughs> yeah. all of us would probably rather deny that right that that's uh yeah. the burden the burdens we carry are a result of things happening to us rather than things sure. we do but psalm 32 is a convicting reminder that's not always the case right yeah at least a remind convicting reminder to me i won't speak for you or our listeners what stood out to me here q is how the opening of this psalm has so much that is reminiscent of Psalm 1. Mm, say more. Well, in terms of just literally the construction, in terms of blessed is the one. So Psalm 1 begins, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, oh. but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Psalm 1 sets up at the very beginning of the Psalter these two ways. Mm -hmm. And the Psalms in some sense are helping us live into the way that is blessed, that makes us like a tree planted by streams of water that bears yep. fruit in its season. Mm. And here, Psalm 32 picks up this a very similar construction in terms of its opening. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. But the content is very different, obviously. And I was just thinking, you know, it's interesting. Psalm 1 sets up these two paths. And Psalm 1 concludes that basically the wicked will be like the chaff, like they'll get blown away, like they have no place in the congregation of the righteous. And so it's, it's pretty stark. It's kind of like Moses saying to the people, choose this day, life or death, <laughs> basically follow Yahweh or don't. Yeah. And here's the outcome. It's quite, it has that kind of clear duality. But yeah. Psalm 32 to me is also a reminder that here there is within the covenanting love of God, there is a way for the redemption even of the broken path mm. if that makes sense oh yeah that doesn't um, make a lot of sense it sounds like grace yeah like even that way has the opportunity for renewal because of what god does do and doesn't do right the fact yeah. that he doesn't count sin against them i just found both the structure of the psalm at the very beginning and then to hear those two psalms in some way speaking to each other is really fascinating also yeah and isn't it such a profound message that even as if we were to take down that road, that God will still kind of meet us there and, you know, not count our sins toward. I mean, that's such a profound message because whether it's our inner voice or, you know, the voices and the message that we hear from um, outside, 
we rarely hear that. I mean, who would come that far with us? Like the things that we deal mm. with inside, you know what I mean? Like that's such a profound message and a good reminder of his grace, which I think yeah. leads to my second, the answer to my second or to your second question. See, I'm, I'm, oh, here I'm you go. leading already. Here you go. Right. You're I just trying. Help You're it, trying. Man. No, I'm, I'm going to beat you to it. What do we learn from God about the Psalm Q? <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that slower for the listener yeah, yeah, yeah. where I'm not just trying to beat you to the question. <laughs> so our second question is Q's already started answering, but what do we learn about God from this Psalm? Yes. Well, I mean, I, I learned that God is a forgiving God and God is full of grace. You know, another thing that strikes me is how the Psalm ends. It actually ends with a song of joy and praise. And yet it yeah. starts from a place of guilt and, you know, kind of dealing with your sin. So I find that transition pretty like quick and almost abrupt because <laughs> here huh. the psalmist is talking about his sin and how he's dealing with his sin and how the guilt of his sin is kind of, you know, it, he feels as if his bones are wasting away. So we kind of see this transition from the, 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 the guilty kind of silence to the songs of joy. And I just think that that transition from the guilty silence to a song, song of joy involves a lot of grace from God and forgiveness from God. For us to move from that mm. guilty silence to a song of joy, I think requires for us to receive his grace as our own. You know, when I was a kid, like very, very early, I think maybe when I was like six or seven, I actually share this in one of my sermons as an illustration. But I went over to my cousin's place and he had a lot of toys. And one of his toys was a Power Rangers toys, which I really, really uh -huh. liked. And I just don't remember how I did it, but I brought it back home. Nobody knew until my mom found out, right? And I was really scared, <laughs> like literally really, really scared that I was caught, but also that my mom, like what would my mom think of me, you yeah. know? But then my mom obviously named that it was not right for me to do that. But at the end of the conversation, she had a conversation with me and she put me on her lap and she prayed for me. That moment is such mm. a clear moment of grace. And I think it just kind of, you know what I mean? Like as I read this, I was reminded of that. And I think that's who God is. Like you, you kind of highlighted it when you were answering the first question, Matt, but God who doesn't count our sin against us, who is willing to go all these extra miles to bring us back to his grace so that we can sing songs of joy. I feel like I was kind of low-key preaching there, but I mean, that's what I learned about <laughs> no, who God I is. I love it. Yep. You want, you want me to throw out some amens here? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally agree. One of the things I've been appreciating about these psalms lately is there is a way in which they are a helpful kind of back to basics like there's a ba the basic vocabulary of faith is kind of found here in the psalms kevin sometimes talks about they have both the algebra and the calculus of faith there's both something that is immediately accessible but then you can sort of plumb the depths and they continue to be deeper and deeper to really just mix metaphors here mm. but yeah i just thought it's it's worth reflecting on much like in psalm 30 where I thought it was worth reflecting on God's goodness and how yeah. easy it is to lose sight of that. Here, I think it's so valuable to reflect on God as the forgiver, that yeah. he is the one who forgives. 
I think there's also an implication there that it means that the wrongs that we commit, our sinfulness, is in some sense always also against God. Made me think of Psalm 51, which is another one of these penitential psalms, where David says, against you, the saying to God, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And we know in that context, that's definitely not true. He sinned against all kinds of people, but that ultimately our sin is actually against God, which I think, you know, there's one way in which I think that can be scary and disorienting. And there's another way of looking at that, that is actually God cares so intimately about the world that he's created, that any affront that denies peace and flourishing in his world is an affront to God himself. If that makes sense. And I think that's actually probably the better way to look at it. That it is a sign of God's care that all of our sin, the sin that harms ourselves, the sin that harms others, the sin that harms our world is, is sin against God. That's a, that's a sign of his love and care. And then the fact that there's grace possible in the midst of that is really a remarkable thing. Right. I like it. No one would be able to stand before God and in terms of, you know, our behaviors or actions, like no one, no, none of us would be able to reach that sort of godly standard, right? The divine standard. Yeah. And it's a good thing that he's like, he's, he's caring for us and he's ruling over the world and even our sins yeah. when it comes to our sins. Yeah. One other little thing that I noticed is in verse one, it's blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins yeah. are covered. This word covered comes up. It comes up again in verse five. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. It's the same exact word, which is pretty interesting, I think. And to me, it contrasts our behavior with God's behavior. In other words, the temptation we carry is we want to cover up. We want to hide. And God's tendency is to cover our sin, not in the sense of actually hiding it or denying it, but in the sense of dealing with it completely such that it need not be considered anymore. And uh, so I just love the way that the psalmist uses these two words in quite different ways, but the same word reflecting on sin and uh, highlighting our tendency versus God's tendency. Huh. Was it a bonus thought, Matt? I guess that was a bonus. I mean, I think that's a, it tells us something about God. It tells us something about us. I liked your, I liked your first point, but I liked your second point more, a lot more. (laughs) That's really well said. (laughs) Yeah. I missed the, the covered, but that's, that's pretty fascinating. Well, shall we turn to our last question, Q? How does this psalm help us to pray? Well, I mean, I can say this about, you know, every psalm is in the book of Psalms, but I think especially this one, it helps us to be really honest. You talked about it. We have the mm. tendency to hide, and especially our shadows, our darkness, you know, and it hurts. It's painful to face those and to be honest about those things. But as Psalm 32 helps us, as Psalm 51 as you cited, helps us really beautifully and powerfully. This psalm particularly, I think, reminds us that we can be first honest with ourselves about our shadows and our sins and our, you know, dark places of our lives. And obviously from there on, be honest with God. So I'd like to encourage myself (laughs) to, you know, to do that before God and to, to be real and honest with him even as I kind of face yeah. my own shadow sides. What about yeah. you? No, I just want to build on that. I think verse eight and nine were really what stood out to me when I was thinking about uh, this question, which is, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Then do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. 
And just the thought that I love what you're saying. We need to be honest with ourselves. But also this little drop-in of these two verses, which I think probably the natural way to read this is uh, this is God offering to counsel and this Mm. is God offering to teach and shape us is that we don't always know how to be honest about ourselves with ourselves or with God. And so part of, I think, what the ways that I'm drawn to prayer out of this psalm is to pray, God, instruct me and teach me in the way I should go. Counsel me, because I know my tendency is to be like the horse or the mule, which has no understanding, even about myself. So help me, you know, have clarity. Help me be honest about myself. Because there's so many, as you said earlier, I think, there's so many voices that we carry. And the volume on them is, is often turned up so high that it can be very hard to hear and create space within ourselves to hear the wisdom of God sort of naming, especially when right. it, it has to name hard, hard parts of us. Yep. <laughs> That's when we start turning down the volume on that. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, and ah, especially, no thanks. Right. And especially when we're the horse and the mule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love too, like the instinct, the instinct of the psalmist here is when when the bones are wasting away, when yeah. the strength is sapped as in the heat of summer, it is to turn to God and say like, yeah, help me here. And just to kind of add on to what you've just said so beautifully, verse 11 really stands out to rejoice in the Lord and be glad you righteous. Sing all you who are upright in heart. It's like that process that you've just described, even though God counseling us and instructing us to that way is really a wonderful thing. Like it's not an easy process, you know what I mean? To face Mm. ourselves, to face the shadow side of ourselves and yet to for David to end in such a way with a song of joy. I mean, I think that's just something to think about. It's like, I I don't fully get it. (laughs) How that can be a process of joy, you know what I mean? Like, but I think it's certainly something that we can all think about. Like, oh, wow, that process could be a source of joy. Maybe there's something to it, that interaction with God and the counseling kind of presence of God becomes a source of joy for us, you know? So yeah, it makes me think. Yeah, that's well said. This pr- this Psalm kind of has it all, right? It's a, it's a real journey. Yeah. And I like how we right. kind of came, came with our, our set of answers and yet there are more things that we kind of see, you know, through our conversations and we kind of add our bonus thoughts and that's, I think, the gift. That's how it always is. Yep. Yeah. Well, Q, thanks. Thanks again for talking with me about Psalm 32. I appreciate your insights. They were, yeah, it's a beautiful Psalm. I, I find myself drawn to the penitential Psalms, maybe because I always have plenty to repent of. So it was fun to talk about this one. Fun might be the wrong word, but it was good to talk about this one. Yeah. Likewise. All right. Well, let's conclude with the final verse that Q just drew our attention to. Let's hear it one more time. Verse 11, rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Friends, go out and pray the Psalms. Amen. Hi, friends. Matt here with a small programming note at the end of our episode. We're going to take next week off of the podcast. I am going on vacation, but I promise we'll return in two weeks. If you're a regular listener... Might I suggest that you take the time you'd usually listen and revisit maybe a favorite psalm from these first 32, or you can read ahead and start thinking about how our upcoming psalms help you to pray. Grace to each of you. I'm grateful that you listen. It means a lot, and we'll look forward to being back soon. Mm -hmm.